Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to the Eat Blog Talk podcast made for you, my fellow food bloggers who are wanting to add value to your blogs and to your lives. In today's episode, I will be talking to Becca Mills from ForkInTheKitchen.com, and we will be discussing mastering the side hustle. Becca started her food blog, Fork in the Kitchen, four years ago when she was in a major life transition. Since being in the kitchen is what has always kept her grounded, the name and blog grew from there. She brings elevated yet approachable flexitarian recipes to everyday home cooks, focusing on balance and sustainability. Hey, Becca, I can't wait to talk about your amazing side hustling skills. But before we dive into this, give us a fun fact about yourself. Hi, Megan. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, of course. I'm really excited to talk about mastering the side hustle. Um, I, a fun fact about me, I absolutely love to travel. I was just in France for almost three weeks. Oh. Um, yeah, and I, I just find a lot of inspiration um, for the blog through traveling, even just exploring around Minneapolis where I live. So, yeah. I love that because traveling is one of my passions as well. And I do think that there's something to that. Traveling inspires me. It, it inspires creativity. And then also like food topics too. Yeah. I'm sure that you encountered many food creations in France that maybe inspired something for your blog. Yeah, it's hard to not just turn it into a, a blog about France now, but... <laughs> oh, I bet. I followed your journey on uh, Instagram and it looked amazing. Oh, thank you. Oh. It was so fun. Oh, I bet you had a great time. I'm yeah. excited to hear about it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that about traveling, Becca. Now mm. let's get to our main topic today, side hustle magic. Um, I have been excited to have you on the show ever since the moment I started this podcast because when I first met you at Tastemaker Conference last year, I remember being so impressed when you told me that you were a first grade teacher and a food blogger. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those jobs are intense, no joke jobs they and are. putting them together. Wow. Yeah. From the moment I met you, I have considered you to be a master of the side hustle. Oh, well, thank you. I'm trying. Because technically, you do food blogging on the side, but anyone browsing through your blog would never know that. Your photography is stunning. Thank you. And it is so obvious that you put effort and passion into everything that you create. Well, so, thank you. Yes. So to start, tell us how your blog began and also how your journey has evolved. Yeah, it definitely has. Like you said, it started um, when I was kind of in a major life transition. Um before I started it, I had been teaching in Baltimore um, for about two years and just became super burnt out, ended up moving to North Carolina um, for a relationship actually at the time. And just because I was so burnt out, I needed a break from the classroom. I had been working in a law office um, and the lawyer just, he fired his uh, manager, he fired me. Um, his assistant. It was, it was oh, wow. very weird, a very weird situation. Um, oh. And so I found myself unemployed in North Carolina, pretty much alone. Um, the, the guy I was with at the time was in the Marines um, and he was deployed. So oh my gosh, I, you know, like I said, cooking and being in the kitchen has always 
just grounded me and been a passion of mine. And for years, I had that thought in the back of my head of start a food blog. You know, I loved photography too. Um, but fear had always kept me from doing it. Mm. And so at this point in my life, <laughs> with pretty much nothing else to do, I was like, all right, you're gonna start it. Um, yeah. So I started it and eventually found my way back into education. Um, and then eventually moved back to Minnesota. And through so through that period, the blog kind of went from something to keep me occupied, um, and just fuel my passion to to more of a second full time job kind of thing throughout the years. Sure. So it started out kind of as a healing for you in a way to move forward into a new stage almost. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you, well, I don't love that you hit rock bottom, but I I do love how you took that. You took food blogging, which is something that had been on your heart forever and just made yourself launch into it. You took a bad thing and you found something good to come from it. Yeah, exactly. Whether we are food blogging full-time or part-time, once we get to that point where we become super focused on growth, things can get nuts because leading up to that point when we decide we really want to start growing, it's like a very much a side deal. Like You can post whenever you want. You don't have any stress. But as you know, um, staying on top of everything involved in this job is never ending, Mm -hmm. especially once we've made the decision to really grow our businesses. So talk to us about how you find time to squeeze in food blogging duties and when. Yeah, I mean, I think when I moved back to Minnesota in 2016, I had had a pretty consistent schedule. So during the school year, I squeeze in whenever I can. I'm blogging. So um on the weekday evenings, I'm either recipe testing, editing photos, or writing posts, the things that I can do kind of behind the scenes. Um, and then my weekends are just dedicated to photography um, because I use natural light. And you live in Minnesota, and we don't have a whole lot of light in the winter. So <laughs> Exactly. There's no way I can photograph during no. the week. So yeah, so the weekends are, are dedicated to the photographing, and that's pretty much the gist of it is squeezing in whenever I can. And even sometimes like during my prep time during the day when I don't have students, um, if I don't have any teaching work that I need to be doing, I'll I'll write a post or I'll make notes or create recipe ideas there. That's smart. Squeeze it in when you can. Uh And I just want to point out that you are superwoman because living in Minnesota and relying on natural light Because you did mention that you don't do artificial light, right? You only do natural. And that's not easy. So having to dedicate your weekends to photographing is kind of a big deal because then your weekend days are gone because photographing Uh is imperative. You have to do it. Yeah. So I imagine that you have to be extremely intentional with your time. Yeah, that is a huge point about this is I yeah I have to be very intentional and purposeful with my time so that a lot of that includes like I've tried really hard to just put my phone on airplane mode and put it away when I need to work um you know we all know the Instagram monster gets yes. gets us sucked in quickly um or like even I have those timers on my phones that is like oh you've been on social media too long um and I try to 
you know, follow that as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sometimes it doesn't work, right? I mean, it's like yeah. <laughs> some days that works great for me doing the airplane mode mm-hmm. and some days it just doesn't. Exactly. Like some days I'm easily distracted and like, what am I doing? Right. But <laughs> And it's still, it's still like I'm a human. I, you know, I'm like, nope, I'm ignoring that. I want to sit here for a while. So it is right. hard. It's, it's just keeping in mind, I think, the why, you know, like, okay, well, why do I need to be focused right now? And what do I need to do? Yeah. And you can't just wing it with food blogging tasks and be effective because (laughs) there are so many variables. And that is even more true when you already have a full-time job exactly, or when you are a stay-at-home parent as well, because Mm -hmm. that is a full-time job too. I think that's important to point out that absolutely just because you're at home parenting, that doesn't mean that you're not a side hustler too, because you are. (laughs) Oh my gosh. uh, 100% even more so. Well, you, Becca, you have how many first graders? Like 25 first graders? 25, yeah. So, yeah, that's even more so. (laughs) That's a lot of kids. At least I can come home and, you know be in silence. That is true. So props to all those moms that are blogging out there because that's tough too. See, to do that. I've done both. I've done the side hustle from a corporate job and I've also done the side hustle from home and they're both hard. Neither of them is easy. Yeah. I, I mean, and I don't think there is an easy way to do it. I think it is just about really, like you said, being intentional with your time and really focusing on what works for you to get those tasks done. Definitely. And you kind of touched on a couple of your tactics that you use. So you do airplane mode on your phone. Tell us how you plan and also tell us how that helps you to be productive and stay on task. Yeah. So I am a big like paper calendar person. I'm trying to get more into Google Calendar um, this summer, but basically planning out when I want um, recipes to be posted and then kind of working backwards from there. When am I going to photograph it? When am I going to write it? When am I going to edit the photos? All of those little steps that go into making a blog post, making sure that I have the time blocked out that I want to do them. Um, So like you said, I'm not just winging every little task um, that I know when it's done. And since I've gotten into using Google Calendar, um, I still have my paper for a rough outline. But um, (laughs) I've been doing like color blocking tasks. So I have like all of my writing is like a coral color and editing photos is, you know, teal. Just so like visually looking at it, my brain knows, okay, on this day, I'm mostly doing, you know, this kind of task. Yes. That's so funny because I have recently gotten into color coding tasks as well. And I've talked to like, you're probably the third person I've talked to in the past week that does this. That's crazy. So it's just funny how much color plays into helping us organize and plan. Yeah. I do color coding on my editorial calendar. I do it for different stages. And then in my Google calendar, I do it for different types of projects. So I do all, <laughs> I like have all the colors. Oh my gosh, There's yeah. just something to that, right? Like just being able to glance at something and see a color and know exactly what it means. Yeah, there is. It's such a little thing. Absolutely. And then you mentioned using a handwritten calendar. Yeah. <laughs> my husband makes fun of me because I... For years and years, I use a handwritten calendar on our fridge Yeah, for everything. And it's like totally saturated with information. And he's like, okay, when are you going to enter the digital age? Yeah. So he teases me all the time. But I have moved over to Google Calendar um, food blogging duties. And the other day he saw me using it and he was like, oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Step it up. I know that's how I feel. I'm like, 
oh, my Google Calendar, I'm really coming into, you know, 2019. I know. (laughs) I am with you on that. It's so funny. I really do like writing things down and Mm -hmm. having it in my kitchen. Lists are a huge part of that for me too. Um, If I could, I would probably have lists everywhere for everything, but I'm trying to really keep them more organized. But lists can get out of control, especially if you're handwriting them. Absolutely. I've noticed, like, I would start writing a list on post it notes and then in my planner. And then it was like, there were so many different places that I had my lists that I couldn't keep them all straight. Yeah. So, and then I've tried the online list too, like just like notes on my phone or notes on my computer, mm-hmm. but I just haven't gotten into that. Do you do handwritten mostly? I do a mix. I'm trying to really figure out the best organizational strategy. And I think like as like a blogger in general, just figuring out what works best for you. Um, I do a lot of handwritten, but then I'm trying to keep a lot of my stuff in Google Calendar um, and they have the tasks that you can, you know, make out a checklist on the side, which I found pretty useful as I'm looking at my calendar. And then I'm like, okay, I also want to fit these things. So that's been helpful. Talk to us about your photography, because I seriously think that your photography is like one of my absolute favorites of all food bloggers. It's so beautiful. I'll like scroll through Instagram and I stop on yours and it just like, I almost get mesmerized. Like, oh my gosh, that scene is amazing. And I was talking to somebody else who went to Tastemaker last year as well. And they said the same thing. They were like, oh my gosh, fork in the kitchen. She's amazing. Thank you. Obviously you take the time to work on your photography skills aside from just taking photos on the weekends. Mm -hmm. What else do you do and when do you fit it in to hone those skills? The magic question when do you fit it in yes <laughs> whenever I can I which I know is like <laughs> such a broad answer but it's the truth I think also this is kind of a side note but um even t- going back and talking about traveling um even in that just trying to improve my photography skills and it might not be food but I think there's a lot to be said for expanding your creativity and you know going outside of the typical you know I'm not shooting on a backdrop. I'm getting out into the world and actually practicing, you know, those composition skills. Um, I think that's, that's a good way to fit it into if you're blocking out time with family and friends to also practice your photography. But other than that, so over the years, I, I've just done a lot of like reading and YouTubing um, and then implementing things that I've learned. I went to the Pinch of Yum workshop back in 2016. Oh, yeah. Um, I went to like her it was a branding one, I think. Um, so it was, she had like the first level. I don't think she's doing them anymore, but that was a really good, I think, launch for me to really dive into my photography and feel more confident in, okay, yeah, like there's something here I can, I can work on growing this. Um, last year I, I participated in photography school oh, cool. um, that Sarah from Broma Bakery has. It's an online course um, that was really helpful too. And so she has a beginner's one and then a more advanced one. So regardless of where somebody feels that they're at, um, I really recommend that. I think making time for things like that, whatever it is for you, because one person is going to find value in one thing and another in a different thing, but whatever it is, make time for it. And then I loved that you used the word launch. Like it launched you into 
the next level almost. It gave you confidence. And mm-hmm. um, when we have busy schedules, it's really hard to make time for learning and seeking out information on certain topics. So I think it is really important to squeeze that into your schedule. I know it's hard because all of our schedules are so crammed full of things. Yeah. You do need to make time for that. Yeah. And when you're trying to balance between, okay, do I write this post and put it up or do I you know, grow in photography skills that might not be, you know, something for the people right now, you know, my audience right now, but in the future, it's going to help me. Right. It's planting a seed for the future. Yes, exactly. That's what I tell myself when I'm working on SEO. I'm planting seeds. (laughs) Me too. Oh my gosh. I've been starting to do that more this summer. And yeah, I hear you with that. Oh, I have to have a visual like that or I will never do it. Yeah. Exactly. It'll pay off in the end. It will. Um, Being intentional about two day jobs, day in and day out, whether it's in or out of the house is so exhausting. But if you really want to stay healthy and sane, you absolutely have to carve out time for yourself to avoid that dreaded burnout that we've all reached. Absolutely. Becca, give us your best tips about how to take care of yourself while working two demanding jobs. Oh my gosh, Megan, it is so important. You hit the nail on the head there. And this past year, I've really learned how important that is. I got really sick and just had to take a break. And Aww. so I think now more than ever, I have just really had this focus on self-care, um, really trying to listen to myself. And if I am really tired, then I know my work's not going to be the greatest. And resting is going to be more beneficial than just pushing it out there because yes. then I can make it better. Yes. When I am feeling better. Um, and there's no point in pushing content out that's not quality. It's not your best. And like you said, getting a little bit of rest sometimes is just what's necessary, even if it's not in your calendar. And by the way, I do recommend scheduling in things like that, like not necessarily naps, like those need to happen on a case by case basis. But, you know, like scheduling time for yourself and for your family and your friends, because Absolutely. I can get into a routine where I just sit in my house and work all the time for weeks. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I have not talked to anyone. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to say that blocking out time for even like, I'll put in, okay, you're going to do yoga for 45 minutes just to clear your brain or yeah, blocking out that time for meeting with family and friends, Yeah, especially during the school year on the weekends, you know, time is precious (laughs) and our friends miss us. Absolutely. Sometimes I will get texts (laughs) like, Hey, are you okay? What's going on? And my family starts to worry about me when I'm quiet. Yeah, I've just been in my my work bubble. Yeah, my work bubble. Exactly. So I have started putting on my Google calendar, not my fridge calendar. It's yellow, by the way, Um, free time. So then it's just like a bright shining like, oh, if I get through all of this, I can have my free time. Oh, I love that. Yeah, mine's a bright blue. (laughs) Kind of for the bright, you know, (laughs) the bright factor. I love that we thought through the colors. Exactly. There's a purpose to everything. That's so funny. And then SEO time is like black. Yeah. <laughs> My admin, I call it, you know, like all the admin tasks are like dark gray for me. So that is hilarious. <laughs> yep, right there with you. Oh my, okay. So I mentioned this before, but I used to be a side hustler, like from a corporate standpoint. I certainly didn't do it with as much grace as you do, Becca. But one of the tactics that I used to swear by was carving time out every single day, even if it was just like 15 minutes before bed to do work. And I saw the importance of doing something every day because number one, 
It helped me to form a habit. And number two, for anyone listening who is trying to gain traction with their food blog and who is doing it in addition to working a full-time job, I think it's important to keep in mind that it is going to take extra patience and time. Absolutely. Keep learning, keep putting out quality content, even if it might seem really slow. Mm-hmm. And eventually that traction will come. Absolutely. Side hustling is a grind. Very quickly we learn if food blogging is truly a passion, right? Because yep. it's easy to burn out on it, especially when it's something you squeeze in on the side. Mm-hmm. It was really vital for me in those early days to just make sure that I did a little tiny bit of work every day. Yeah. And then it formed like a, an expectation. Mm-hmm. And then it just helped me go forward. Obviously, you don't want to burn out. Right. But I do think that that was like one of the key things that helped me keep going in the times when I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely, um, what do they say? A marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, for sure. You got to start out bit by bit and eventually it will come. But the passion has to be there too. There are not many food bloggers who are not passionate about what they do because they leave fairly quickly. Exactly. I think for most of us, it is a passion. So that's why we stick with it. But we do need to learn the skills and the tricks required to get through it. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, part of that is just trying tips and tricks that you hear and then narrowing it down for what works for you and your lifestyle. Definitely. Do you have any other tips or tricks? You're a scheduler and a planner, self-care, taking time for family. Is there anything else you do to prevent from getting burnt out or to help you plan your blog tasks? Those are the big ones. Just making sure that you're focused and you stay organized for blog and life and business things and family things. And it's a lot to prioritize, but I think just making sure that you're taking care of yourself, but also working towards, you know, growing your goals is the best thing you can do. When do you squeeze in writing? Because for me, writing is one of those things that I actually need like concerted. Mm-hmm. I can't have distractions when I'm writing. So when do you squeeze that in? Um, during the school year, I squeeze it in um, in the week, the weeknights, like after work, I'll cozy in and just get to writing. Um, and do you batch work at all? Obviously, photography you do. I'm trying to get better at batching work. Um, I've heard a lot of people talking about it recently. In this summer, I've been attempting to give it a go. Um, I think just naturally during the school year and in the week, I do just tend to batch it more easily. It'll be like, okay, this night I'm going to write the post. This night I'm going to edit the pictures because it just works out a lot easier to flow that way. And then I found too, when I'm batching that I get into a flow more easily. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing like scattered tasks throughout my day, I'll just get into writing and then I do something else and then I have to get into the flow of that. So I found that establishing a day when I do just writing is so good for my creativity and my flow. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't always work. Absolutely. Life doesn't always allow that to happen. Exactly. (laughs) But as long as the intention's there, that's step one. That's the goal. Yeah. (laughs) So Becca, are there any resources or tools that you have found valuable in kind of helping you to get to the point where you can plan and just be an effective side hustler? Yeah. Well, right now I'm reading the one thing. I can't remember who the author is. I'm sorry. I'll send it to you and you can put it in the notes. Yeah. But the book really focuses on figuring out what's the one thing that's going to help you grow the most. Um, And I think that's really crucial to like side hustling. Um, Like we've mentioned, it's so hard. You got to fit in the work when you can. And so 
really figuring out what's the one thing that's going to help you grow the most, I think is a great place to start when you're talking about managing the limited amount of time that you have. Wow. I have not heard of that book, but I'm adding it to my list. I'm such a self-development book junkie. So I am too. <laughs> oh, good. We should do... I was just thinking I would love to do a podcast episode where me and another book junkie can like talk about all the books that we've read. Oh, yeah. We should talk. <laughs> we should. So the one thing... The one thing, yeah. We will provide a link to that book on Becca's show notes page. Perfect. That will be there. Thanks for that recommendation. Recommendation. Yeah. So let's wrap up. Thank you, Becca, so much for our chat today. I loved it. Um, side hustling is no joke. And I'm just really grateful that you made the time to share your words of wisdom with us today. Well, yeah, thank you. I really loved being on and I appreciate your invite. Yes, it was super fun. So before you go, share with us a favorite quote or words of inspiration for our fellow food bloggers. Um, I would think my words of inspiration is if you can't stop thinking about doing something, just do it. I had to say like a big F you to the fear when I started the blog and just jump in. And I know that's easier said than done. Um, and you still might be afraid, but just don't let it stop you. Oh, I love that. Jump into the fear. That's one of my mottos. <laughs> Jump into the fear. Yeah. It has so much in common, Megan. I know. Yes, we do. And I'm <laughs> excited to see you at Tastemaker again. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah um, and we live in the same city, so we should be getting together more often. We should definitely. <laughs> Becca has a list of favorite resources relating to today's topic, and those can be found on her show notes page at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Becca. Becca, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. Um, my blog is at forkinthekitchen.com. And on social media, it's um, just Fork in the Kitchen. So super easy. And you guys have to go check Becca out because I'm telling you, you will be inspired by her amazing photography. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks for listening today, food bloggers. And I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.